Let's pray before we start, Lord. Thank you for this time. Lord, prepare our hearts. You have begun the work already this morning. You have begun the work already. And Lord, I pray supernaturally, Lord, that your spirit would open our hearts to know the truth of who you are and who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to move around a little bit today. Last week, Adam talked about invitation. Invitation. This week, we're going to talk about grow. And next week, a little sneak preview, we're going to talk about care. So I'm going to put these up here. I did not plan this out. Hopefully, it'll stay right there. So grow, what does grow mean? I remember, you know, if I was sitting where you are right now and the message was on grow or discipleship, getting closer to God, I remember I would have this kind of nagging guilt that would kind of just hover around me that what I was doing in my relationship with God was just, was just never enough. It was just never enough, and I would, in times where I would go and pray and read the Bible, I would think, you should be doing this more, you should be doing this more, and although there's truth to that, I had this guilt and this shame about it. You know, the Holy Spirit, he does convict us, but he is not a God of condemnation. He is not a God that wants to shame us and guilt us into a relationship with him. We worship, we praise, we read the Bible, we do all these things out of a response of what he has already done for us. And so if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, maybe you know a little bit of what I'm talking about. Um, this idea of discipleship is this movement toward becoming more like Jesus. That is, that is the goal. Um, so as I was preparing this talk today for talk about discipleship, to talk about growing in our faith, I want to, I felt compelled to remind you and myself of a few truths um, before, we, before we jump into it, how God sees me and how I view him and how our relationship, me and God, has changed when I realize the work that he has done before the creation of the world. And this is the part that, see, I know this, I know this, but Lord said, hey, I want to remind you of this this week, Tommy, and I want you to remind everyone else of these truths. And, um, you know, there is still a responsibility for us, but it is important to know the foundation on which we stand when we say yes to Jesus. So I'm going to read a passage. I'm going to read it through in in three sections, and I want to remind us of a, of a few things. It's the first is Ephesians, um, Ephesians 1, verse 3. This is Paul. He says, Praise be to the God, our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heaven, heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. 
in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship and daughtership. Through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Stop there for a moment. This is about identity. This is about the fact that before the creation of the world, he knew you and me, and he chose to be our adopted father. He has adopted us as sons and daughters before the creation of the world, before anything else was made. He knew us, and he set us apart. In that time, before the creation of the world, he made us holy and blameless. And we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. You see, God is not bound by time. We think like this, and God just throws that out the window and thought of us before he even made everything. He knew exactly what was gonna happen. He adopted us, and he made us in the likeness of his son, Jesus. And I want to just read. It's not up there, tech team. Don't worry. Um, I want to just read this that just, you know, confirms what I'm saying. Because I have to remind myself, too. Like, this is true. Okay. Romans 8, 28. Next page over. Thank you for your patience. Romans 8, 28, where are you? I should have had it ready. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, us, he also called he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this, if God is for us, who could be against us? Before the creation of the world, we were made perfect because of Christ. Okay, verse seven. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity, we need unity, to all the things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Number two, our sins have been forgiven. You might have got that from the last thing I said about our identity, but our sins are forgiven. And I love this, with all wisdom and understanding. God didn't, didn't say, oh, well, send my son to go and die. And oh, well, that was cool. He <laughs> forgave everybody's sins. He knew this ahead of time. With all wisdom and understanding, he did this. He did this. In Christ, sin does not separate us from God. We need to walk in the truth of what God has done and who he says we are, holy and blameless. Yes, we do stupid things. We do selfish things, I know, but God does not hold it against you anymore in Christ. 
the righteousness of Christ has set us free. So our thinking needs to change. If you're struggling in an area right now, you're thinking there's no way God can forgive me. There's no way he wants to spend time with me. There's no way he has a plan for my life. Please know that in Jesus, your sins have already been forgiven before you did anything wrong, before you were even born. Okay, last section, this first part. Verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory, and also you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you heard it, and then when you believed, you were marked with him, a seal, a promised, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions to the praise of his glory. Number three, the fullness of God's Holy Spirit resides in you and in me. When you believed, you were marked with this seal of the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. It's permanent. And in those days, a seal meant ownership and security. Ownership and security for our eternity in heaven and here on earth. We all have access to God's Spirit. We are not alone. We are his temple in which he resides in. He abides in us and we in him and we have every spiritual blessing in him. John, not up there, don't worry. John 14, 27, Jesus is saying this. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the counsel, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. It's a promise and it's done complete in you and me. So in summary, here's the foundation on which you stand in Jesus. I'm going to read it just so I don't miss anything. Before you have done anything, this is true. God chose you. He made you in his likeness, in the likeness of his son Jesus, and adopted you as his own. He completely wiped away your sin and wrongdoing yesterday, today, and for the rest of your life. God has given you his very spirit that resides in you in its fullness. You are his beloved child, and he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ already. This is good news, and this should cause us to rejoice. This should cause us. It's okay. Yes, you're there. So happy. It's so good. It's so good. So this is where it starts for us when we put our faith. This is what we have to launch off of, to start something new. Our walk with him, our journey with him, the inheritance that we get immediately when we put our faith in him. So no more, I'm not worthy. Yes, you are. The blood of Jesus has made you worthy. It's nothing you've done or I've done. It's been done for us. And so yet with all of this, 
there is still a deeper, more meaningful, more purposeful life available to each one of us. There is still more to be had. There is still more to be done. Probably the most famous passage on discipleship is Jesus before he sends to heaven. He says to his disciples, go and, and make disciples. Make more disciples. Baptize them. Teach them everything I've commanded you. And oh, by the way, I will be with you all the time, every step of the way, to the end of the ages, which includes now, which includes till he comes again. Even Jesus grew in stature, in wisdom, and in favor with man, we know, but with God, like this is God's son. But at the end of Luke 2, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. There was increase. He grew in favor with the Father and with people. And in the desert, right after he was baptized, he goes into the, de into the desert to be tempted. And it says he goes full of the Spirit. He goes full of the Holy Spirit. Then he goes through all of that with, with the devil, and he comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's increase there's momentum, there's change, there's movement. So, what does that mean for us? There's always a next move for us. There's always something more we can be doing. And that's not to stress you out, because I know that feeling kind of can cause some anxiety, like I was feeling what I said earlier in my journey. And now when I spend time with God, I'll, I'll miss it a few days sometimes, maybe more, maybe less. I come to God now, and instead of shame and guilt, I feel like God sees me setting time apart for him, and he says, Tommy, oh, so good to see you. What's new? What's happening? Tell me. Tell me what's going on with you. What are you going through? The good, the bad, the ugly? Talk to me. Oh, so happy to see you. It's, it's genuine, it's real, it's not, where you been the last few days? You know, I've been here the whole time and uh, you've been busy doing your thing. It's not that, it's not that. So if, you feel, if you're feeling stuck, let's find a way to get unstuck. If you're feeling stagnant, there's nothing really how nasty is stagnant water? Even when you go to the beach sometimes and there's fresh water coming on, but there's like these, these you know, where the water, the tide goes back and there's this water that's just been, even just been sitting there a few hours, it's warm. And you just, you know, like want to go to where the cooler water is, the fresh water, right? Um, Maxwell, my son, he was crying here in a moment. We named him. His name means great stream great stream. And I love the passage in John 7. It says, if, Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams, other versions say rivers of living water will flow from within him or her. I just love that. There's a freshness. The spirit is in you and it can't be quenched it just comes out and it's just, there's, it never runs out. It never runs out. And I pray that for my son and all my kids. 
that they would know the Holy Spirit and the living water would flow from them. So if Jesus needed to grow, we need to grow. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how mature you are in your faith, how many degrees you have in biblical studies, how many encounters you've had with Jesus, how many verses you have memorized. Those are all wonderful things, but there is still yet more for all of us. Because healthy things grow. And discipleship is about growing. So let's ask ourselves, what's next, Lord? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Because Jesus said, go. Go. So let's go on the journey. Let's go. Here's a few passages that talk about the importance of growth. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8. You can read along with me up on the screen. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is constant movement that's happening there is a progression toward something that we are all called to move toward. Colossians 1, 9 through 10. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with his knowledge, with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing good fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Again, emphasis on growing, on moving. And ultimately, we are to bear fruit in everything we do. And bearing fruit is doing good things positive, wonderful, loving things for people and for the sake of the kingdom of God. Another passage in Acts, beginning of Acts, Jesus hasn't yet descended. Again, he says, um, he commands them to go and make disciples. This is important, right? And he told them specifically where to go. He said, start in Jerusalem, and go out to Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. There are these ever-increasing circles of influence that he is calling them to go out, to love them, to teach them, to baptize them. Go, he says. So before COVID hit, Adam began to talk about discipleship. And he had this, um, m this model, this phrase, discipleship in motion. How many of you remember hearing that? Discipleship in motion. Yeah, a few of you. A lot of new people here, so listen up. Discipleship in motion. And um, there was a graphic that John Pepe made, the man, the myth, the legend, um, that gives us a great visual 
to this whole discipleship in motion. And now that I'm standing here, I'm thinking, I probably should have shown you that. And I said, it is awesome. Oh, wait. Don't look there. Can I go in front of this without getting screamed at? All right, we'll give it a shot. Cause I... All right, don't look at the back. Whoa, I sound funny now. All right. Don't look at the back, I told you. All right, discipleship in motion. This is very cool. And I hope it's as cool to you as it is to me. And I used a lot of adhesive spray to make this, make this work. Okay, we got all the pieces up there. Disciple, where am I? Discipleship in motion. John Pepe, everybody. Okay. So there are these circles, discipleship, there's motion, there's movement, there's growth, okay? Now, I'll show you the back. Traditionally, we know or are familiar with discipleship that looks like this, which is kind of like a staircase. You become a Christian, and you start here, and then you start to learn a little bit about your faith, and then you do some, some stuff here, some soul stuff, you start to read and learn your Bible a little bit more, and eventually you get up to here, and it's like, I've arrived! What now, right? So we're going with a different model that says no matter where you are on the journey, fancy, okay? I'm going to put you right there. I'm going to just pause right there. That's where you are on the journey. There are what I love about, thank you very much, it did, okay. Um, no matter where you are on the journey, there's a goal, there's a target. And I love what John did here is that he, there's a target. This is, this is it. We want to be like Christ. We want to we get there. And we're trying to figure it out. And, you know, so we move around from here and we go over here and we go over here, all right? So that's us on the journey. That's where we are. The goal to be like Christ. And there are lots of different ways in which we can grow. And that's what I want to talk about with you moving forward here. Um, I had coffee with a pastor friend of mine recently who's also developing a new discipleship program at his, at his, at his church. And he reminded me of this, of this idea, this model that is... Heads, heart, and hands. That you can kind of, anything you do in moving towards closer to God and doing something new can really fall under, under these different categories. And so here we are, people. We have your head, okay, over here. We have your hands and your heart in different places here, okay? This is us on the journey. It's beautiful. I know, we can say it. We move to different places, but let me talk a little bit about heads, hands, and hearts, okay? Head is our knowledge. We know this is our ever-increasing knowledge of who God is. We just read scripture about that and why that's important. You're beginning your walk with God, the Alpha Course, perfect example. Who is God? Why am I here? What happens? What happens when I die? Um, all these questions you have, 
Does Tommy even have a brain? Like that might be something you might be thinking right now as well. It doesn't matter. It's about learning, understanding, and, and growing. Other examples of things we can do for our, our head. Um, biblical knowledge, studying the Bible, studying the text, understanding who Jesus is, what he's done for you, reading great stories of the Bible. Um, it could be an online course. It could be a Bible study. It could be a read through the Bible. It could be so much content out there now. You could be podcasts and sermons from pretty much every church in the world because they're doing what we're doing, putting it on Facebook. But there's so much out there for us. Reading books, right, on new things, new pathways, um, um, spiritual disciplines, right? There's so much we can do for our, for our head. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to hang out over here for a little bit. Now we're going to talk about heart, doing things that conform our heart to be more in the likeness of Jesus. Because when we come to faith, all of those things are true about what I said earlier about our identity and who we are, but our heart begins to change. Our heart begins to change, and we begin to love people more. We begin to be more noticeable of things and patterns in our life that maybe aren't so healthy. Maybe there's some stuff that you need to work through, trying to get unstuck. Maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's steps to freedom. Practicing a new, again, a new spiritual discipline, good for the head and the heart. Joining a prayer group. Finding a new way to worship. You know, a new way, a discover. It could be singing. I've been singing a lot these days because I put Max to sleep three times a day. <laughs> um, Elena does two. Some days I do three. I just sing to him. And I'm like, you know what? My voice isn't that bad. <laughs> I thought it was worse. I prayed for like the Lord to give me a voice. And I'm like, I think he's doing it. Um, learning to play a new instrument or maybe learning to play an instrument is a new way. I don't know how to play instrument. I can play a few chords and a guitar. Two years ago, I grabbed a harmonica. I was like, I'm going to rock this thing. I can put it in my pocket and I can just play harmonica really loud to Jesus if I want to. Um, so I bought a couple years ago, and I was practicing. So in between calls, when I was working up in my office, Selena would hear me like, although it didn't really, didn't really sound like that. Um, but I picked it up again on Friday, and I said, I'm going to learn a song. What? Oh, harmonicas come in cute little blue cases. They do. So the Lord said to me, I know you're laughing. He said, you know, play a riff. And I said, well, I better uh, learn how to do that and make a complete fool of myself. And I was like, I'll do it. Like, but he's like, yeah, just do it in front of everybody. And I was like, I was like, okay, that's good. Um, you might want to turn my mic down for a moment because it's about to get funky in here. Um, believe I'm doing this. Okay. So this is my attempt at Amazing Grace. As, by the way, is the only song I can play on a guitar too, so there's something there. Okay. 
Um, bear with me. Wait, what next? <laughs> I had this little thing at the end. This is a bluesy little lick at the end. I'm going to see if I can do it. Ready? All right. <laughs> I don't know where Elena is. She's going to be like, you did what? Okay. So that's the heart. <laughs> Does your heart need focus? Hello. Nice catch. We hang over here, the heart. But now we're just going to quit because I forgot to move it. We're going to go down to the hands. The hands. Alina and I went on a date last night. We went bowling by ourselves. We went to Ryan's Amusement in Taunton, and there was a special for two hours for only $26. And we're like, you can bowl a lot with just two people in two hours, and I can barely make a grip this morning. But our hands, the hands, the actions of our hands reflect the reality of what's in our heart, right? Um, David Brooks in his book, The Second Mountain, which I highly recommend, says, when you choose to live your life for God, you simultaneously choose to give your life up for the sake of others. Love that. We are called to serve others. If you're feeling empty, stagnant, lazy, bored, apathetic in your relationship with God, doing something outside of yourself in the service of others can change your perspective so quickly, so quickly. Jesus himself came to serve. And he modeled this in his entire ministry, and it blew everybody's mind. Serving is one way we can grow. So get involved. You can get involved here. There's lots of places here at church you can get involved. There's lots of local ministries helping someone less fortunate than you in a tough situation, cooking dinner for a neighbor, shovel, shoveling a driveway, serving the homeless, just a few examples. Examples in which we can grow. So the goal is to get there. You know, and I'm not sure we're ever gonna get here fully this side of heaven, um, but this is the goal, to be moving towards Jesus.